0: And uh, so I thought I would preach from this passage today, First Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 10. I just want to point out this chapter is the resurrection chapter. So what you have here is you've got a, a it's, what's, it's what's called full context. Uh, in your Bible study, when you talk about full context, you're looking at a portion of scripture that deals specifically and in a total fashion with a specific subject. And so 1 Corinthians 15 is one of those full-context chapters. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13 is another full-context passage in relation to to love. Amen? And you'll find throughout the scriptures, you'll find certain chapters that are designated certain topics that uh, really give us a lot of information about specific truth. And uh, I'm not going to really talk about the resurrection in relation to this passage, but I wanted you to know the context. The Apostle Paul at the beginning is giving us the gospel in the first four verses of scripture here. Uh, We've gone through those many times as I've preached uh, here in this church, how that the gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And he talked about the witnesses of the resurrection, how that there was 500 brethren at one time. And then at the last, he says, and at last, or it says, verse number seven, after that he was seen of James, then of the apostles, and last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. And uh, that, of course, is because Jesus Christ was already in glory, but now, now the Apostle Paul saw uh, Jesus Christ, but it was not in the regular fashion he was actually caught up into heaven and taught revelations from the word of from Jesus Christ himself, which qualified him to be an apostle. Uh, not anybody can be an apostle; you can 't just say, "I got voted in as an apostle; we just cast lots, and I 'm an apostle." You have to be personally chosen by the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to be taught specifically by the Lord Jesus Christ. And you also have to be a witness of his resurrection. And every apostle was a witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he goes on to say in verse 9, For I am the least of the apostles. Now, do you look at him as the least of the apostles? Uh, To me, I think he's probably the greatest in my mind. But yet he calls himself the least then it says, it says that I am not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. And so he looked at, at who he was, at, at his lifestyle that he had before he was saved. And he says, there's no way I should even be called an apostle because what I did to the very church of God, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's a good attitude. And he goes on to explain something here in the next verse. And this really gives us insight ...into what he just said. He says, I'm least of the apostles. I I shouldn't even be called an apostle... ...because I persecuted the church of God. But then he gives us the key... ...to why he is an apostle... ...and to the work that he's doing... ...as an apostle. In verse number 10 it says this... ...but by the grace of God... ...I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me... ...was not in vain... ...but I labored more abundantly than they all... Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I just ask you, Lord, that you would just guide me as I bring forth this message tonight. I pray it would be a blessing to somebody here, that it would help us. In Jesus' name, amen. And so, the Apostle Paul uh, is giving us some insight here into grace. And grace is a very important uh, uh, attribute or, or an empowering by God. Grace is something that only comes from heaven. It's not, it's not given by man. You can't get it from anybody down here. Only God can deliver grace. Only he can give you that, what you need. And the Apostle Paul is saying what that grace has been doing for him, and we all need this, this same grace that he's talking about. And so very quickly, I'm just going to give you some points here. Number one, uh, well, well, let me tell you this first. Um, in the winter of 1980... Uh, General Max Thurman, one of the most important generals in the U.S. Army, introduced a new slogan to shake up the recruiting command. He explained about a new army and that the recruits of this army had to be a new kind of leader. As he entered looking immaculate in his sharply creased uniform and with a mind just as sharp, he stood as a shining example of the words he was about to speak. The slogan changed the army. And it, built, uh, and it built it for 20 years and finally became the epitaph upon the gravestone of General Thurman himself. It was, be all you can be. Be all you can be. That was the slogan that carried the army for 20 years and increased the volunteering into the army. Because they got people thinking that, hey, if you join the army, you can become ex- Everything. That you could possibly become. Pushing the boundaries of what you think you can be. We're going to make that possible if you will join the army. Now I'm not going to join the army to do that. But I think the Apostle Paul in this passage is saying the same thing to Christians. He says, be all that you can be. It's not because you're the greatest. It's not because you deserve it. It's not because you've got the abilities to do it. He says, but you know what? Through the grace of God... You can be all that you can be. Amen? So that's important for us to understand. So to be all you can be, you need the grace of God. And that's why he says, but by the grace of God. The graces of God are the undeserved blessings of God given to mankind. It was not his education. It was not his physical fitness. It was God's grace that made him all that he could be for God's glory. Grace is the power and blessings of God to mankind. God's grace is the key to the victorious Christian life and becoming what you were actually designed to be. And we know that the first thing about grace is that there's physical blessings. You know that God's grace isn't just about internal things, it actually can bless you in your life too, physically. Uh, even those outside of Christ receive a level of grace physically. In fact, the Bible says in Matthew 5, verse 44, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Amen? That's why a totally lost person that hates God can get up in the morning and enjoy the sunshine. Uh, they can go out and enjoy the lake and feel the breeze on their face. And they can go out and, uh, and plant seeds. And the Lord will bring an abundant harvest, even for someone that totally denies that God is a creator of that harvest. Amen. That's God's grace. Yeah. We call that the pervenient grace. We call that the common grace. And so no matter who you are on this planet... Everybody has had a part of the grace of God. And yeah. that is the pervenient grace, the physical blessings. And that's something God has given you as well. The second thing is mental blessings. They say, Lord, give me some of that. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. I need some mental blessings. Well, we learned this in Daniel chapter 1, verse 17. As these four children, these four Hebrew boys, uh, did the right thing and they took a stand for the Lord. It says, and these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom and daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams amen so you think about this the knowledge that you learn can actually be increased by the grace of god god can make it so you can have the knowledge you need he can that you have the skill in the learning that you need to become what he wants you to be you can be all that you can be, but you need God to do it. Amen. You need God to do it. I've had people tell me, well, I can't memorize any scripture. I was one of those people. I mean, I was, you know, I was raised, we didn't spend time reading a lot. We didn't spend time doing any of that kind of stuff. I didn't go to church a whole lot when I was young. You know, so when I got saved later on in life, I was kind of a little late bloomer in the Christian life. Amen. But yet, uh, you know, people talk about Bible memorization. I had myself convinced that I couldn't memorize scripture. I, I mean, I just don't have that ability. But I'll tell you something. As I started giving myself to the plan of God, doing what he asked me to do, God gave me the ability to start memorizing scripture. <laughs> what a wonderful thing that is. So you can't get, I mean, you'll sit there and say, oh, pastor, I just can't. I just can't. I just can't. Well, you can stop yourself from being everything you're supposed to be, but all I'm telling you is this. If you'll trust God with it, and you receive the grace for it, you can be everything that God wants you to be, and it's way beyond what you think you can be. Amen? It's important we understand that. He can bless you even mentally, in your mind, your ability to think, to process, to work through problems, and to solve problems. God can give you that ability. Amen? You, you, you don't need to be trapped by what people told you growing up. So, oh, you're just stupid. You'll never amount to anything. <laughs> well, those are just sinners telling you that. Though well, that isn't God. They don't have the ability to tell you what you can or cannot do. It's only God that can give you the grace to be what he wants you to be. Amen. It's so important we see that. Then, of course, there's spiritual blessings. Now, spiritual blessings don't come to anybody that, except for those that are born again. You have to receive Christ to receive spiritual blessings. Amen. All of us have it right today. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, uh, verse number 1, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. So what we have here are Christians that are in Ephesus. They're in the church at Ephesus. They received this letter. They were having that letter read to them. And the Apostle Paul is saying, hey, to you that are in the church, you at Ephesus, and you that are faithful. Amen. He's addressing these people. Then he goes on to say, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us. With all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. amen. Amen. So where do these blessings come from? They come from in Christ. So you can't get these blessings unless you're in Christ. Amen. And by the way, if you're not living in Christ, you're not experiencing those blessings practically. Because you're living outside of Christ. Now you're in Christ. Positionally you're there. You have access to all the blessings, the spiritual blessings of God, but many times we don't tap into it because our thinking is outside of Christ. Part of that is, oh, I can't do that. That's outside of Christ thinking. Oh, I can never be good at that. That's outside of Christ thinking. Amen. Oh, I don't want to serve God. (laughs) Well, that's outside of Christ thinking. Now, if you don't want to serve God and you don't think you can serve God, guess what? You're not going to serve God. And you're not going to experience the blessings of what you could have if you would serve God and believe him for what you could be if he tells you you can be it. Amen. Amen. Be all you can be. It says, According, as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, According to the good pleasure of His will. I've been adopted into the family of God. You know, there's certain blessings I have that you don't have. And there's certain blessings that you have that I don't have. See, I got a father, and because my dad is my dad, I have access to my dad. You have a dad too. You have a mother too. You have family members. and Because of that, you have access to their life through family connection. The Bible says, because I have a family connection to the Father in heaven, I have access to everything my Father in heaven has. That's called the inheritance. Now, we've received the, the earnest of that. We've got the Holy Spirit inside of us. And there's a lot more to come. In fact, you go to 2 Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it talks about how that, it's not entered into your heart what the Lord has prepared for those that love him. Amen. You don't even understand yet what your inheritance is. You don't even have a clue what you should be looking forward to as you see heaven. But all I know is this, that we have access to that right now. Much of that power, much of that ability, the gifting of God, all these things, we can do these things. Amen? Each one of us has a gift, a spiritual gift. You say, well, I don't have no gift. Yes, you do. <laughs> hey, well, that's a problem. I don't have no gift. That's outside of Christ thinking. As long as you keep thinking like that, you will never experience the gift that God has for you. <laughs> but there is. You know, I was a person that could never, you know, stand before people and preach and talk and so forth. And you know what I had to do? I had to trust that the Lord had something for me. He told my heart, he says, this is what I want you to do. And I said, Lord, I don't want to do that. I'm not that kind of person. I, there's other people that are better than, at stuff like that. He says, but I'm calling you to do it. <laughs> Amen. So what I had to do is I had to step forward into the pulpit. I had to step forward into a situation where me and in my, in my human ability, I thought there's no way I could do it. But because I acted on faith and I went forward in the midst of that, the Lord spiritually blessed me to give the truth forward. And I sensed that immediately from the first message I've ever preached. Now I realize for the first few messages I preached, I felt a hindrance. I felt that I, I, I couldn't, I didn't find my voice. Amen. Because I was just, I I was green. I didn't understand. I didn't know how to transmit everything I wanted to say. But I was just so blessed because the Lord was using me and my frailty. And people were coming forward and coming to the altar and getting right with God. That was a spiritual blessing, amen? And then as I began to trust Him more and kept stepping out and saying, Lord, I'll do more for you and I'll I'll trust you to do these things. And even going into... uh, Uh, Kenora was an act of faith, you know, where I had to step away from a a family business that would have taken care of me and my family for the rest of our days. I had an email last week. This guy said, I know why you put these door hangers on. You're just trying to raise money for your business. I thought, oh my goodness, man. Raise money for the business. Do you understand if I would have stayed there, I'd never have to worry about paying a bill. Do you understand that? Now, I get accused of greed, of, of somehow that I'm stealing from people, or that's or all I want is money. God help you if you think that. If I wanted money, I would have been over there, and I would have had it without all the complaints and all the attacks attached to it. Amen? Well, I'll tell you something. It's wicked <laughs> doing stuff like that. But I'll tell you If you step forward and you're willing to trust God in the midst of it, God will answer and he will give you your voice. He will give you what you need to do the work. He will. And I remember almost to the day when the Lord opened up my my voice and opened up my heart in a way where I could finally preach the way the Lord wanted me to preach. And he developed me from that point on and and he's been working in me. But that's all because of spiritual blessing. All because of it. It's not me. If it'd be me, I'd be sitting in the corner. That's me. But this here, this isn't me. This is all what God has done. Praise God for that. Amen. That's what God will do. He will allow you to find your voice and to find your purpose and and find the ministry that God has for you. If you're willing to step out and trust him, trust him with it. You may have to give up some things. We have to get right in some areas. Because grace just isn't flow. <laughs> it needs an unhindered highway. It needs an unhindered portal. It needs, it needs our, uh, an opening to, to flow in and, and to work through us. Amen? Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Amen? Spiritual blessings. You know, salvation is one of those. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. By grace are you saved. You understand that you couldn't have been saved if grace didn't come down from heaven? You found your salvation through the grace of God. We say it all the time, by the grace of God. <laughs> you wouldn't have been saved without it. If God wouldn't afforded that to you, you could have cried to God all you wanted. You would have gone to hell when you died. But you know what? Because he reached down and gave you the grace of salvation. <laughs> For the grace that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. That's what Titus 2.11 says. Amen? And then there's sanctification. Aren't you glad you're not what you used to be? Aren't you glad the Lord has changed you? Guess what? There's more changing to be done. Amen? That sanctification is a process till Jesus Christ comes again. You know, what, you know what's involved with that? The grace of God. If you don't got no grace, you're not going to change. You're not not going to become what the Lord wants to be. In fact, when people, they allow sin in their lives, they they dig in, they, they get hard against God or the things of God, immediately they stop growing. In fact, they actually go backwards. It's called backsliding. Amen? Those things that you used to be able to do with power, you lose it. And we see that in the scriptures, how the Lord takes away those that have if we're not willing to trust him. We're not willing to follow him. Amen. So I can preach today, but I hope I'll keep on preaching. <laughs> i got to keep my heart right. i got to keep moving forward, trusting the Lord and, and being humble before him because he giveth grace unto the humble. Amen. You can't do it without that. <laughs> so sanctification. Galatians 1.15, But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen. Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. So he says, I need to have the the Son of God revealed in me that I might preach among the the heathen. In other words, without having Christ being revealed in me, there's no preaching. Without Christ changing my heart, without Christ uh, conforming me to his image, there is no preaching. There's no purpose. We can't fulfill it. Amen? It's not a job title. (laughs) Sometimes I see, and I've I've seen this before, where maybe a young missionary or something has sent me a video, and I look at it, and immediately I know this guy's not ready for ministry. Because he's depending on technology, he's depending on uh, the, the music, he's depending on all these things to grab my attention. But when I look at him... I don't see the grace of God. I don't see it flowing through them. And so people like that, I can't support. They need more time. They need to allow God to work in their heart. And they need to become more effective. uh, Surrendering their lives to the Lord. They need to become humble before Him. Those are the kind of men that we support here. They don't have to have a fancy video. (laughs) Amen. They don't have to all have all these things all lined up. They need to have a humble heart. Those are the missionaries that we're going to have. That's why, like the Allen family, this man almost died. Cancer. The Lord healed him. He took this second chance at life to give it to go to a place he's he doesn't even know. Amen. You can tell. You can tell. You can tell when these missionaries are humble before God. You can tell when they're right with God. You can tell when there's something God wants to flow through them and use them. And those are the ones I want to support. This isn't about an ability to teach or preach or an ability to do ministry. Look at me, I'm a great leader. God uses people because of his grace. Be all you can be. I am what I am by the grace of God. Amen. The grace of God is the the enablement of God given by promise to accomplish in us God's will for our lives. There's no fulfillment of God's will without His grace. We need it. Being confident of this very thing that He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Philippians 2.13 For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. You know, I've talked to people sometimes in ministry or they're serving in the church and it's all about what they want to do. Well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it my way and I'll do it in my time and oh, my, my, me, me, me. (laughs) That's not serving God. That's not serving God. Serving God is inconvenient for you. Serving God puts you in places where you've got to give up other things and you've got to make a determination that I'm going to make this a priority in my life and it's going to cost me something. Amen? That's serving God. When God worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He doesn't say I'm working in you so you can do of your good pleasure. (laughs) I'm working in you so that you can will That means make the decision to do something or desire something and then to do his good pleasure. And many times, his good pleasure has made me, (laughs) put me out. as a man, now I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't go there, uh, I can't make that money, I can't have that job. He he, he puts that all out. He says, no, I'm making you on a very definite road here. You have got to do what I want you to do. You can't have it both ways. Amen? That's what God's grace is. (laughs) What would a battle be like when the soldiers are all individually allowed to choose how and when they would like to fight? You tell your soldiers, I'll tell you what, enemies over there, whatever you guys want to do, you just go ahead and do that. (laughs) You know? Oh, well some of them are going to (laughs) leave. Amen? Other ones who are full of themselves, I'll take them on, and they'll run out there half-cocked. Other people don't know what to do. Some people forget their helmet. <laughs> Some people don't even know how to load their gun. In other words, they get decimated. <laughs> See, we need to have a captain, and that captain needs to be the one to choose what it is you do and how you do it. Amen it's very important you know the hardest thing is is working in ministry and having people wanting to do what they want to do and then they get mad at you for not letting them do what they want to do (laughs) i'll tell you something if you are submitted to the lord you never have to worry about a door opening for you and if that's your problem if that's your issue it's because you're not submitting because if it's doing what God wants me to do, guess what? God will do it. He will open the door for you. He will put you in that place. <laughs> That's what will happen. But you know, a lot of people get disgruntled. And I've dealt with it even here in this church in the first couple of years. I lost people because I wouldn't use them for what they wanted to do. And I told them, <laughs> right from the beginning, I says. I don't just put people indiscriminately in places. <laughs> that has to be by the Lord. The Lord has to put people in their place at the right time. And the right people. Amen. Especially within ministries that continue on. Especially in ministries where people will see you as you walk in. Do you understand that you've got to have a testimony when you come up here and, this, and present yourself before this church? That you've got to present yourself where they, there's nothing that they can hold on to. <laughs> Say, hey, you've got problems. I know they'll always try to make you look like you've got problems. I hear that all the time. I'm the worst person on the planet. <laughs> Amen? But it's not true. Or I would have stepped down. Understand that. Be careful what you listen to. Really. Be careful what you hear. <laughs> If that's so true, then why am I here? You understand that? It's wicked accusations. It's the, it's the, it's the, 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 the accuser of the brethren, the devil himself. And be sure if there's one way he's going to try to hurt this church, he is going to get into someone's heart with accusations. Christians don't do that. The devil does that. Amen? Remember that. <laughs> That is fact. That is scripture. There's a way that God does things. That's scriptural. That's spiritual. Amen? Not like that. And so, number two, to be all you can be, you need to know who you are according to the grace of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. We get hung up on our present or past sins. In fact, we make a lot more about sin than God does. He's not intimidated by your sin. Do you understand that? He's not intimidated by your past. He's not looking at you and say, oh, man, you were so bad, there's nothing I can do with you. God does not think that way. In fact, he will use you no matter what you've gone through in your life. Now, sometimes there's things that you're disqualified for, like maybe a pastoral office or a, or a deacon's office or something like that. But folks, there's a whole lot of other things than just being a pastor and a deacon. And most people never become those two. Amen, ladies? <laughs> you get that? <laughs> By the grace of God, I am what I am. There was a famous Scottish evangelist, after many years away, returned to his hometown to preach. During the preliminaries, a man handed him an envelope which contained a letter stating all the things that he had been involved with before he was saved and in the ministry. His heart sank and he felt like running out the back door. But the Lord encouraged his heart and he ultimately went up to the platform and took out the letter. To the people. Because they all knew what he was. And this is what he read them from First Timothy chapter 1. And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. No matter what he had done in the past, he became a faithful man. And because he was a faithful man, the Lord says, I'm going to put you in the ministry. I'm going to use you, no matter what you've done. Amen? Faithfulness is the key. Folks, I can't tell you this enough. I know you just think that's just pastor just blasting off again about faithfulness. But without faithfulness, you have nothing to offer God. Nothing. That is the key to the Christian life. If you can be a faithful man, you can be a faithful woman. I'll tell you, that is everything you need. (laughs) You don't need the talent. You don't need the ability. You don't need the ability to speak, uh, to be smart, to be beautiful, to be good looking, to be handsome. You don't need any of those things. The one thing God says for us to be is faithful. And that's every person can be that. Every person. God made it that every person can be faithful. Everyone. Isn't that great? He doesn't require anything of you that you cannot do. So he counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry. Then he goes on to read, who was before a blasphemer? And a persecutor and injurious. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. The apostle Paul killed Christians, but he thought he was doing the good thing. He thought that, well, he didn't realize how bad it was. What was your life like before you were saved? I look back at my life and say, man, how in the world and why in the world did I ever do that? It's almost like I didn't know, Lord. I didn't know another way. In fact, I remember when I was lost, I didn't realize there was another way. I realized on the horizon there was this kind of person that they would call straight. That's all I knew. That's what they would define them as. They were straight people. (laughs) Amen. Straight people means they were these upright people, you know, and they seemed to have everything all in control. That's all I knew. There were straight people, then there was people like me, <laughs> amen, that weren't. <laughs> and I said, well, this is just who I am. This is what, what I'm supposed to be, And until the Lord found me. So I could honestly say the things that I did before I was saved, I did it ignorantly in unbelief, amen? Now, God help you, after you get saved, you start doing it on purpose. <laughs> That's why Hebrews 10 talks about sinning willfully, after that, you receive the knowledge of the truth. That's a dangerous thing. <laughs> I always tell my kids, you know, don't ever look at my life and say, oh, you turned out okay, so you, you went and did that, so you, you turned out okay, so I'm going to be okay too. Folks, remember, I started in the darkness, and the Lord brought me into the light, but so many people today, they're in the light, and they're moving into the darkness, different story different story totally different and i warn our children because they've grown up in the light they've grown up with the word of god they've grown up in church amen and many times kids like that if we don't warn them we don't tell them we don't uh explain to them that it's not the same as what i did when i came in it's different i was in the darkness but you're in the light You're making a choice being in the light to go into the darkness. Oh, that's dangerous. How dangerous for you. You turned out okay, Dad. I'll tell you something, when I got in the light, I didn't want to go back. I love the light. I love it here. I want to be in the light. That's where the cleansing is. That's where the Lord, his sanctification is. That's the grace of God. He's cleaning me. He's he's building me day by day because I'm walking in the light of the word of God. Amen. But you start closing this book. You start doing things in opposition to this book. You're just choosing now to walk into darkness. You're choosing to stop the work of God in your life. You're choosing to stop the sanctification process. You are not going to be what God wants you to be so important we see these things, amen? And I'm burdened about that for my kids. I really am. I'm burdened about that for the kids of our church. I'm burdened not just for the kids, the adults. (laughs) So much knowledge, so much things. You've heard hundreds and hundreds of hours of preaching and yet you're doing things that are sinful. You're doing things that are against the word of God. And folks, you can't get away with that. You can't. You may think you're doing it, but you're not. (laughs) The crop is coming. Stop now. Stop now and sow the seeds that are right because you will be reaping a crop for years to come if you're not careful. Amen. Oh, God, help us today. When you're in the light, love the light. Love the light. Desire to stay in the light. Embrace the light. Pray that God keeps you in the light. Keep your eyes on him and you will be in the light. Amen. Stay in the word, you'll be in the light. When you close this book. Oh, how many Christians have just put the book aside. If I were to ask you, what is the last thing that God has shown you from this book? Oh, pastor, I've read. It's not reading. It's about receiving. What's the last thing that God gave you from this book? What did he show you in your Bible reading? That's the light. That's the light. You gotta seek for that diligently, daily. <laughs> and I know sometimes be gats and the begots, <laughs> you know, that's really not too entertaining, Lord. <laughs> you know. Then you won't always get the same amount of truth every day. But you can get something. Walk away with something. Walk away with a nugget. Walk away with a little light. Just keep in the light day after day after day. Amen? And if you're in the light, you'll never go into the darkness. You're never going to do dark things. And if you are doing dark things, it's because you've left the light. You're bitter and angry. You're cutting people up. You're slandering and railing. (laughs) I'm sorry, you've left the light. You're now in the darkness. Get out of there. Get out of there. Because the Lord isn't there. The Lord doesn't hang around the dark room. Because if he was there, then it would be a light room. <laughs> Amen. The Bible says that in God there is no darkness at all. Uh, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Amen. That's by the grace of God. This evangelist, as he began to feel guilty about his life, realized you know what it is right i was a bad guy and in our nature we are sinners but god hath enabled me finding me faithful putting me in the ministry amen boy there's something we need to decide today that's it right there that would be enough just tonight if we would just decide lord i want to be faithful I'm going to be faithful in the things of God. I'm going to be faithful to the house of God. I'm going to be faithful to the word of God. I'm going to be faithful to my family in relation to the things of God. I'm going to discipline and correct faithfully because of the word of God. I'm going to keep my family working in the light day after day after day. And those things that are darkness in my life, Lord, I confess them before you. Please remove them from my life. I want to do the right things. Amen. You've got to forgive people in the church. You've got to forgive people that that maybe have weaknesses that, that uh, you... you you look at and you you judge them for it amen because i guarantee you you've got just as many (laughs) amen that's why the bible calls tells us to to operate in forbearance forbearance is looking over the weaknesses as we grow and as each one of us uh journey through this sanctification process folks nobody has arrived amen Sure, you could pick, I could pick you apart. You could pick me apart. I could pick everybody apart in the church. That's not what God wants us to do. He says, look on the well on the things of others. Lift them up. Honor them. Don't pick them apart for the weaknesses. If that's what you're doing, you're doing the devil's work. You're the accuser of the brethren. Amen. Do you understand when you accuse the brethren like the devil does? The Lord responds to you the same way that he responds to the devil. He sees his son in front of him. And the devil says, look at that Christian. He looks at the son. He looks pretty good to me. Because your life is hid in Christ. Amen. Amen. I mean, you want to accuse people and pick them apart. You can do that. But you know what? The Lord's answer to use the same thing looks pretty good to me. They're in Christ. Amen. It's not about that. It's not about accusation. You know what it's about? It's about behavior. The Bible tells us in 1 Timothy that thou knowest how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God. So we don't hurt the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we, they will not blaspheme the word of God because of our behavior. It's not about accusation. It's about living a life that reflects the Lord Jesus Christ by the grace of God. Amen? Let's bow our heads.